written uh, before uh, the death of Steve Jobs and came out just after his death. Uh, the book is entitled Steve Jobs, and uh, it chronicles the experiences that shaped his life. And uh, I think it's significant in this 600-page biography that it opens with a description of Job's teenage struggle with God on page 15, which says this. Even though they were not fervent about their faith, Job's parents wanted Steve to have a religious upbringing, so they took him to the Lutheran church most Sundays. That came to an end when he was 13. In July 1968, Life magazine published a shocking cover showing a pair of starving children in Biafra. Jobs took it to Sunday school and confronted the church's pastor. He said, if I raise my finger, pastor, will God know which one I'm going to raise before I do it? The pastor answered, yes, God knows everything. Jobs then pulled out the life cover and asked, well, does God know about this? And what's going to happen to these children? The pastor answered, Steve, I know you don't understand. But yes, God knows about that. Apparently, this is all that a pastor said, or that's all this questioning teenager got from the conversation, because Job's reaction is then described in this summary statement. When the pastor said this, Jobs announced that he didn't want to have anything to do with worshiping such a God, and he never went back to church. I don't want to over-dramatize, but uh, it's clear that to Steve Jobs, this was the spork in the road spiritually in his life. And I think this conversation should cause everyone who follows Christ to... Reflect. Reflect a little bit on the importance of being prepared to uh, respond well uh, and full of God's wisdom to those who ask the big questions of life. Every Christ follower needs to be able to respond to sincere questions from adults, certainly. But maybe even more, uh, the Steve Jobs story shows us how important it is to take time for the thoughtful questions of our students who are making spiritually life-shaping decisions right now. And I'm not meaning to suggest that if this pastor uh, would have just given a better answer, then Steve Jobs would have made a decision to follow Jesus. But if the young Steve Jobs had come to you with this question, what would you say? What could you say that would shed some light on, on this big question in life, evil and suffering, and maybe, just maybe, alter the trajectory of a searching mind like this young man's? I want to come back to this question a little bit uh, later, but now let's pick up where we left off in our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 
Would you please turn your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you're using the Bible in front of you, uh, this should be on page 807 here in Fairfield. Uh, 1 Corinthians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church he founded in the Greek city of Corinth. In in the second uh, chapter of this letter, Paul is contrasting human wisdom, which is a self-centered, short-sighted way of thinking, to God's wisdom, which is a God-centered, eternal perspective that results in a life of peace and purpose and power. Now, Paul continues uh, teaching on God's wisdom and how it comes from God's indwelling spirit and how this Spirit of God empowers us to understand what we know. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning at verse 9. As it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. Now, all four of these verses contain important teaching. Uh, But the most important verse is the last one we've just read, verse 12, which says, What we have received is not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. The big question is, what is the what? What does God's spirit empower Christ-following people to understand? Paul's answer in the preceding verses is things. What does God freely give? Things. What does God's uh, Spirit teach for understanding? Things. Look at what Paul says in verses 9 and 10. No human mind has conceived the things. Your version may not have the word uh, things there, but it's there. Uh, Things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So now we know what the what is in verse 12. God indwells me with his spirit so that I may understand the revealed things God has freely given me. But what are these revealed things? What are the revealed things that God uh, freely gives me and God's spirit empowers me to understand? Well, back to verses 9 and 10, Paul explains that these revealed things fall into two broad categories. What are the revealed things? The two broad categories are prepared things from God and deep things of God. So as a Christ follower, God gives me his indwelling spirit to reveal things that God has given me. The Spirit reveals the prepared things uh, that God provides for me as his child. And 
The Spirit reveals the deep things that God teaches about who He is and then who I am as His child. Now you'll notice, Paul does not list what the prepared things are or what the deep things are. So are we in the dark about these things? No, we are not in the dark because the context tells us where these things come from. Uh, These revealed things come from God's wisdom. And God's wisdom is Jesus and his cross. Uh, If you go back to chapter 1, verse 24, uh, God has revealed his wisdom. And it's the opposite of human wisdom in its emphasis on image. God's wisdom is Jesus and his cross. Paul then continues that thread here in chapter 2, verse 2, when he says, I resolve to know nothing except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And then the context for what we're studying today is set in verse 8, which says that uh, the cross is the dividing point between uh, human wisdom and God's wisdom. And that those who crucified Jesus did it because they did not understand Jesus and the cross. The moment in history when God revealed most about who he is and what he thinks was the moment Jesus gave himself on the cross. And the revealed things that God wants me to understand are all revealed in the cross. Unlike those uh, who did not understand the cross in verse 8, I am filled with God's wisdom as I understand the revealed things that flow from the cross. The key word here is the word understand. It is possible to accept the history of the cross and not understand it. The, the cross really is a continuum. You can take the, uh, the cross as a continuum from this point. Let's say this point represents just accepting the historical fact of the cross. This is the lowest level of understanding when it comes to the cross. But then on the opposite end, over here, we have those who understand the cross and the deep meaning that flows from the cross. This is what Paul refers to as the deep things of God. Uh, What are the deep things in a person? The deep things in a person are the person's emotions, feelings, motivations, desires, and plans. The deep things of God flow from the cross. They're revealed in the cross. And there are those who understand the deep meanings that come from the cross. Now, can those on the opposite end of the continuum understand the cross? No. They cannot understand the deep meanings of God behind the cross. Paul makes this abundantly clear in the verses we study today. Where in verse 9, Paul quotes the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind can conceive. Uh, 
And then in verse 12, uh, Paul explains how it's only the Holy Spirit who uh, gives the power to understand God's mind. It is clear that the deep meaning behind the cross is not a matter of just human intelligence. It's a matter of divine inspiration. That's why, you know, we can't put uh, undue blame on that pastor uh, who gave a uh, rather lame answer to that uh, a 13-year-old with a copy of Life magazine. Uh, the pastor could have given a perfect answer to the question of suffering and evil. And Steve Jobs still could have walked away with unbelief. Why? Because understanding the deep things of God is not a matter of human intelligence. It is a matter of divine inspiration. Only God's Spirit can reveal the deep things of God that come from the cross. So if today you know the deep things of God in the cross, it is not because you are smart. It's because by His grace, God has revealed Himself to you through His Spirit. And you're asking now, well, all right, what are these deep things? When are we going to find out what these deep things of God are? Listen, I don't pretend to have the definitive list here. But in a few bullet points, let me suggest what I think are a few of the deep things of God that flow from the, uh, the cross. God's wisdom in the cross. Remember that the deep things uh, inside you, the deep things are your feelings. And the same way it, it, what we're seeing here in the deep things are the feelings, the thoughts, the desires, the motivations, the plans of God. Well, here... Here's some uh, deep things revealed in the cross. Number one, God is perfect and the evil and suffering of our world is the result of our sinful rejection against God. Rejection of God. When God created us, he gave us the ability to choose, to choose to accept him or reject him. Our rejection of God is what led to sin, which led to evil, which leads to the suffering in our world. Next point. God cares deeply about the evil and suffering we endure as the result of others' sins or our own. In fact, God is so full of compassion that he came personally and endured the worst suffering uh, that humans could devise, which leads to the next point. God's secret plan in the cross was to have his own suffering result in the eventual elimination of evil and suffering. As one by one, fallen people put faith in Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. The next point, God's love in the cross uh, completely pays for our sin and completely restores the broken relationship between God and his adopted children in Christ. And perhaps now the deepest mystery of the cross is that God goes far beyond, infinitely beyond just forgiving us. He fills us with his presence through Christ and his cross. Last point, God's joyful desire is to fill his children with his spirit of power on earth until he welcomes them home to a restored perfection in heaven. Now these bullet points 
describe God's heart toward people and his plan for salvation. These are the deep things that flow from the cross. These are the deeper meanings that the Holy Spirit reveals and makes understandable to those who follow Jesus. And all these deep things flow from the cross, which answers the deepest questions in life. The cross is God's answer to Steve Jobs' question about evil and suffering. When we show God a photo of evil and suffering, God shows us the cross. When we show God the photo of starving children, God says, this grips my heart with anger and pain and sadness. This is not my intent. This is not my work. This is the work of those who in a spirit of rebellion against me hoard food, oppress people, and victimize through greed. God says, although evil is not my work, I am not aloof toward it. I care about each suffering person. And then, then God shows us Jesus and the cross. And in the picture of Jesus suffocating on the cross, God says, not only do I care about suffering, I have endured the worst of it firsthand. I am the all-powerful, all-knowing God who put aside his infinity in order to join humanity so I could suffer upon the cross. And my suffering is more than just identifying with your pain. My suffering is motivated by my infinite love for you and desire to save you from eternal separation from me. When we show God the photo of suffering and evil, God shows us Jesus on the cross and says, if you understand the deep things of the cross, you understand that this is my solution to evil and suffering, the problem of evil and suffering. This is my plan for conquering evil and suffering forever and ever. And God's answer to Steve Jobs' question is the cross. And I'm not saying that God's answer convinces everyone um, or would have convinced Steve Jobs. I'm just saying that this is God's answer. To the deepest questions of life, God's answer is the deeper mystery of the incarnation and the cross. The same Spirit who reveals the deep things of God that flow from the cross also reveals the second category of of what Paul calls the prepared things of God. What are the prepared things? Uh, they are the life-transforming implications of the deeper things that flow from the cross and prepare me to live out of my mind with God's wisdom. What are these life-transforming implications of the cross? Well, Here's a few bullet points uh, with uh, the prepared things from God, which is the wisdom of God applied to life. First point, the cross completely pays my debt so that I am prepared for life without guilt or without the need to perform for God's approval. The second point, 
The cross provides God's complete and unconditional forgiveness so that I'm prepared to forgive and live without bitterness or revenge toward others. The cross demonstrates that God is moved by my suffering and has experienced pain himself. And therefore, I am prepared with the strength that comes by going to God for every need in prayer. The cross prepares me to face my trials knowing that they are not evidence of God's displeasure with me since Jesus was perfect and he suffered. The cross empowers me with the confidence that the God who loves me enough to die for me on the cross is preparing good things, good plans, and a great purpose for my life. Last point. The cross assures me that I have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about in this life or the next, because God is preparing an eternal place for me in heaven. Do you see these prepared things in your life? I must evaluate my life against these bullet points because the presence of these prepared things proves whether or not I really understand the deep things of the cross. If these prepared things do not show up in my life, it is proof that I am stuck in the middle. I'm stuck in the middle in this place where I am not just with a mere historical acceptance of the cross, but I'm also not at the point where I have a full understanding of the cross. Getting stuck in the middle is not good. Being stuck in the middle of this continuum means that I have the frustrating experience of knowing the deep things of the cross, but not understanding them. I live below the joy, the power, and the confidence that is freely given in Christ when I don't yield, when I fail to yield to the Spirit who desires to help me understand what I know of the cross. Just like Steve Jobs was uh, disappointed with God because uh, he didn't understand the cross, Here in the middle, you also struggle with disappointment with God. Against God because you don't understand the cross. Stuck in the middle of the continuum, you get disappointed with God. You mull over painful experiences from your past and they make you disappointed with God because God let you down and didn't protect you from suffering. Uh, You feel disappointed with God in the present because your life has trials and troubles and hardships and painful loss and grief. And that just makes you disappointed with God. The disappointment with God is because you don't understand the deep things of God in the cross. You don't understand the deep compassion of God who allowed His own Son to suffer. 
And who allows suffering in your life? Not as an expression of punishment or displeasure with you, but so that you grow in compassion for others and to accomplish God's good plan for your life. When you're stuck in the middle, not only do you feel disappointed with God, but you also feel like you are disappointing to God. Uh, Here in the middle, uh, as soon as you suffer health problems or financial problems or other trials, you think it's because God is punishing you. Because, oh, you're a disappointment to God. Here in the middle, you have these guilt feelings as a result of your sins and your failures because you don't understand. You don't understand the deep things of God in the cross. You don't understand that God has put all the punishment on Jesus. And he has no punishment left over for you. God has nothing but love, nothing but approval, nothing but forgiveness and grace when you're his adopted child in Christ. Here in the middle, you worry, you're full of fear and anxiety, you have anger and bitterness and an unforgiving spirit because you don't understand the revealed things of God in the cross. If you really understood them, then God's love in the cross would loom larger than any fear-causing circumstance. You see, your life is either going to be motivated by circumstances or the deep things of the cross. Whichever one looms larger in your life. If fearful circumstances cause you to worry, it demonstrates that you don't understand if you understood the deep things of cross, it would, re, it would loom larger than any fearful circumstance you face. If you really understood God's forgiveness for you in the cross, it would loom larger than the sin against you in the past or today. And you would have the power to forgive those who have hurt you. In a moment, we're going to take the bread and the cup of communion. Uh, the bread represents Jesus' body and the, uh, the cup represents his shed blood on the cross. Jesus calls you to this table because he wants to reach you and teach you through his spirit. His spirit is here to help you understand. Understand the deep things of God prepared things from God, revealed in the cross. His Spirit is here to help you understand what you know. Understand what you know in a way that fills your mind with God's wisdom and that empowers you to live out of your mind. As we go to communion, let me just recommend that you Pray this simple prayer. Spirit of God, move me out of the middle of the continuum where I know the deep things of the cross, but my life proves that I don't understand them. Help me to understand. Help me to live like I understand what you have freely given me in the cross.